0: A lost cause. There's so many things that I'm embarrassed to say I've done. I was drifting through this life with no purpose. But God, but God saw me differently. <laughs> and now, I'm changed in the best way. I have become permanently marked. I am you. I am you. Well, this new series, I'm excited about it. This is week number two. It's only a three-part series, so next week we're gonna wrap it up. And last week we used a verse. It talked about a guy named Paul uh, in the Bible. He wrote it, and here's what he was talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. He said this: at one time. We thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. In other words, as best we could understand God, that's how we thought about God. He said, you know, we took the things of how we were raised and what we were taught, and that's what we knew, and that's how we viewed God and how we understood God. And then he says, but how differently we know Him now. We know God now. We knew about God, and we knew some things about Him But now, he says, now, how differently we actually know him. And then he says this in verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. That's where we get the title for this series. And we believe that at Stuttgart Harvest Church. We really, truly believe that. We don't just need a do-over, we believe. I, I believe we need a new, a brand new start. We don't just need to be better or to do things better or to be improved. We need something in our lives made brand new. We don't need just a new, to turn over a new leaf. We actually need a new life. And so some of you have been attending, as Kevin said, he's just been attending since this summer. I thought he's been here like for years, that's the way it seems, because they're here all the time. But maybe, maybe you, you're new, maybe you've just started attending, maybe you even started serving um, on one of our serving teams on Sunday, maybe you even signed up for a small group, and maybe still you look around your life, and maybe still it feels like your life is falling apart just when you expected that that it would start to get better just when you thought that it should start improving because after all you started attending and you and and you're not just here embodied you're you're participating and you thought it should get better but instead maybe it's getting more difficult And you might say, but God, I I thought that I was in the center of your will, but I find myself in the middle of disaster. The good news is that with Christ, as the Bible would describe you, if you're a Christ follower, the Bible would describe you as being in Christ. Being with Christ, being in Christ, means that you are not stuck where you are right now. But God is actually in the process of, Of creating you, making you a new person. But even then, sometimes life goes wrong. Even when you're trying to go right, it can go wrong. Maybe you're trying to follow God and you lose your job. Maybe you're trying to make Him first place in your life. Would you hear us talking about that a lot? But somebody close to you gets cancer. Maybe you're trying to get back into church, and you're trying to start attending and and become involved. And then somebody close to you dies. This doesn't feel like a new life, does it? When that happens, it feels more like punishment. There's somebody in the Old Testament that can really relate to that scenario. And I'm not going to read his story to you today, but I want to summarize it for you. His name is Joseph Joseph. And Joseph um, had a lot of brothers, and he grew up in the Old Testament times, and um, if you ever heard about the story of like Moses and how he took, sometimes they'll play it on TV during Easter, how Moses took the children of Israel and, and got them out of slavery in Egypt and helped direct them toward the promised land, got, got them free. If you've seen that story and ever wondered, well, how did they all get into slavery in the first place? What's up with that? Well, this part of the story is how they all ended up as slaves in Egypt, and it goes all the way back to this kid, this just a kid, a teenager named Joseph. His brothers hated him. He was the favorite child. If you have a brother or sister who's the favorite child who can do no wrong, even when they're a stinking idiot, then you know what I'm talking about. You know how you could be irritated and want to throw them in a pit and see them die, so you understand that. Well, that's the scenario of Joseph and his brothers. He was he he was an arrogant little idiot at that time of his life, and his brothers wanted to kill him, and it's understandable why they would want to, and they tried to. They threw him into a pit, but one of the brothers talked them out of this horrendous crime, saying, we can't kill him, but we do need to get rid of him, so let's sell him to these uh, travelers and they can take him off our hands and he can be their slave for the rest of his life that'll serve him right so that's what they did and so they went back and said hey dad I'm so sorry he got eaten by a lion it was horrible (laughs) just horrible and so um, but the truth was they sold him into slavery and so Joseph's life's not going very well at this point he was the favorite child and now he's the favorite slave and it's he's not enjoying that. And he, some things start to go right for him. You know, he's as a, as a slave, he kind of becomes like head slave and he's in charge of the other folks, uh, in this, uh, business. And then he finds, then Joseph, it's unfair. it, It was unfair. It shouldn't have happened, but he finds himself in prison and so things get a little bit better, but then they get worse. And that's just the way his whole life was going. It would get a little better, then it would get worse. A little better, then it would get super worse. And it just, you know, so he can understand. If you are in a situation in your life where you say, I am trying to do the right thing. Because Joseph stopped being a snotty little kid, but he was still having trouble. A lot of trouble in life. And you may be saying, you know what, I'm trying to do the right thing, and everything still seems to be going wrong. I'm trying to get my life on track, and everything still seems to be caving in. This feels like punishment. It does not feel like a new life. Joseph would say to you, I understand. I can relate. I have been in a situation like that. And so that's the truth. He he could understand your your struggle, your misery. He may not understand your iPhone, but he would understand your struggle. And so he found himself in trouble. And then, but you know, the, way, the, the amazing thing about how this story changes is that he went from prison to then being the second highest in command in all of Egypt. The only person higher was the king. That was Pharaoh. From prison... To there. So things turned. They turned big time. Big time. And in fact later he has this meeting with his family. His brothers. They come. The, 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 there was a famine. They were hungry. They didn't have food. And they showed up. Joseph fed them. Took care of them. And Joseph said this to his brothers. He said listen guys. I know. He said I know. You meant to hurt me. And he didn't editorialize on that and say, you know, I didn't deserve it. He, did. he just said, you know what, I, I know you meant to hurt me. You meant to harm me. But God took that bad, nasty, hurtful stuff in my life. And he brought something good out of it. He created something new out of all of that hurt and all of that pain. What you intended to to do to hurt me, God took that and he created something new, something good. And that's the story of Joseph. And that's how all, all of his relatives, those brothers, they all ended up moving into Egypt, into that area. They had a good 40 years. And then after that, they had like four, 400 years of slavery after that. So it turned bad again. But in that moment, It turned good. And he would say to you, I understand if you're having trouble, if you're trying to get your life on track and things are still going wrong, he would say, I understand. I have been there. I understand. So Joseph would say what happens in life, what is meant to destroy you, What is meant to tear you down. What is meant to hurt you and harm you. And literally what is meant to kill your body. To rip your life and your family apart. He would say, I've been there. I understand. And then we can jump from the Old Testament and him saying, I've been there. I understand these things that have happened That were meant to tear me apart. God actually did something amazing, something new, something good out of that. We can now jump to the New Testament. And we can hear something very, very, very similar. One of the most famous verses in the Bible we're going to read this morning And we learn it from the story, the life of Joseph. And we can now see it in the New Testament. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, and we know that in all things, in all all things, the bad, the nasty, the ugly, the hurtful, the painful, in all things. In all things, God works for the good. So is he saying that the thing you're going through right now is good? No, that's not what he's saying. It's probably not good. It may hurt. And it may be horrible. And it may be designed to rip your life or your family apart. He's not saying that's good. No, he's not saying that's good. Is he saying that those things are going to become good? Not necessarily. Don't miss this. The things you're going through, those things may not become good. That thing that started out bad, it can stay bad. It could happen. If you listen to Joel Osteen, you might hear him say that God is going to turn everything good in your life. He's going to turn it into good. But that's just not what the Bible teaches. All things. We know that in all things, even the painful, hurtful, bad things, That those bad things, those painful things that begin to happen could continue to happen. And not only could they continue to happen, those things, those very things can even get worse. But, while that thing may not get better. And while that thing may get worse, Paul says this God can create something good and new. Life can be painful and it can hurt and it can turn bad, and it can then get worse. And you may never see the light at the end of the tunnel so long as you live. That is possible. I want you to know it is possible. But the promise is that even though things can be bad and hurtful and painful and horrible, even in the midst of that, God can do something good. That doesn't mean he's going to take that hurtful thing and turn that, that into something good. It means that even though you experience trash in this life, he can create in you something good. And we know that in all things even if it's painful and hurtful and horrible, God still works for the good. And it goes on to say the good of those who love him Who have been called according to his purpose. If we truly believe that. That in life. Even when life is painful. You're trying to get your life on track. And the wheels still come off. You're trying to do things right. And things still go wrong. Even when life hurts. And things go wrong. And it's painful. And it's unfair. And it's bad. Even if that is happening. God can still. Do something good in you. That should help lead us to a change of thinking. Maybe we can think a little bit differently. If we understand that even though God is not promising. That he's going to take bad things. And turn that into something amazing and good. He's saying even in the midst of. Hurt and pain. I will work for your good. A change in perspective perhaps that says. Okay God. Even when I hurt. God I I believe you still have this. It, It may be bad. And it may be painful. But God you are making something good out of me. Something bad can bring something good out of you. And guess what? When something good comes out of your life, chances are you have been through something bad. When anything good comes out of your life, there's a great chance that you just went through something bad. And when that happens, the people around you, they take note. They notice. They mentally write it down. They saw what happened to you. You went through something bad, but something good came out of you. They take notice. And your life becomes a walking, living, breathing advertisement for Jesus. Bad things happen. But God can create new good in you. Through you. And around your life. So often we find ourselves praying God. I just take this problem away. Take this pain away Even Paul the guy who wrote the verse those two passages we just read even Paul He said God I have this pain in my life, and I am begging you take it away from me And he continued to beg God take it away. Take it away. Take it away. And every time God said I could I could take it away but I'm not. I'm not going to take it away. Now I'm not telling you. Do not misunderstand me. I'm not telling you to stop praying. To say. To stop saying God take it away. I'm not telling you to give up. And say God well. You, know, it, you can continue to pray. And ask God to take it away. I'm not saying don't do that. But I'm saying maybe our perspective can change. If we understand. That God can take these bad things, even though we have pain and hurt in our lives, that God can still do something good in, through, and around you. We often pray, God, take it away. And instead, he says, I could, but I'm not. Just hang on to me. Trust me. Good. Is going to happen inside of you. Hang on. Pain and hurt. Our prayers to say, God, take it away. And then maybe we can just say, God, I, I'm going to trust you. Maybe he can change the way we see if we truly believe that even in the midst of hurt and pain that God can do something good inside of us. Maybe we can change the way we think, the way we begin to pray. You know, what we pray about reflects a lot of what we actually believe about God. If our prayer life is mostly focused around God, I need you to do this for me. Do this for me. I need this. I need you to do this. Then it means that we probably believe that God is here to serve us. If we don't pray much at all, then it probably means that we believe that God is not interested or God can't or God just won't be involved in our lives. If we say, well, all we can do is pray... Then there's a good chance that we just mean that God is our last resort. He probably won't help. But if there's any help, he's going to do it. It's our last resort. We might as well call out to him. It's all we have left. But. If we know. That God can take the pain and the hurt. And even things that are unfair. He can take those things. And still, in spite of all of that, do something good in your life. Then maybe that can free us up to add some things to our prayers. I'm not saying get rid of praying for things that you need. I'm not saying that. Don't hear me say that. But I'm saying if you really believe that God can take pain and hurt and bad things and do something good in you. Something new and something good in you. If you really believe that then maybe there's some things we need to add to our prayers. There was this doctor that hung out with the disciples. And Jesus. His name was Luke. And Luke heard Jesus say this phrase, and he wrote it down. Jesus was teaching, and here's what he said in Luke chapter 10. He said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. He said, there's plenty to be harvested right now. But he said, I'm looking around, and there's nobody. Jesus is saying this. There's plenty to be harvested, but I'm looking around, and there's nobody to do it. So, he said, pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. In other words, say, God, this is yours. These are your people, your souls, your lives. So, God, if this is going to happen, we need your help. He said, pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the field. God, these are your people the lives all around Stuttgart and Humminoak and Humphrey and, and DeWitt and all of our area here, all of these lives, God, these are your souls. And we're asking you to send more people into the harvest to gather up these souls and point them towards you. He says, pray for God to send more people in too. And I know, I know, I know, life hurts. I've been there with you. Even just in the past five years. Today is our five-year anniversary for Stuttgart Harvest Church. We forgot to say that this morning. Today, five years. And in this five years, alongside of you, I know you have too, many of you, many of us have been through hell in five years. And I know many of our prayers have said, God, we need you to take this away from me. Take me out of this. We need help. And I'm not telling you to stop praying that because we can't find support to say that. God says, bring everything to me. And those are the things. Bring them to God. Take them to God. But I'm saying, might we add, if we truly believe that God can take even the hellacious things in our lives that were meant to rip us apart and to tear our families apart and to hurt you and maybe even to slowly, physically kill you, can we take all of that mess and that junk and we can pray to Jesus, Jesus, you can take even the mess and the hurt and the pain and even though it is there... You can still do something new and something good. And just maybe, even though I have been hurting, you can even still use me. The harvest is great, the workers are few. Jesus said, So pray. To the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask Him to send more people. Just maybe our prayers, something can be added to them. That is not just, God take this away from me. Or get me through this. We can continue, should continue to pray those things. But maybe we can add something to our prayer. If we really believe that God can, even in the midst of bad, hurtful, painful things, still do something in you good, in you new, around you, through you. Maybe somebody that you love doesn't know Christ. Maybe they're running from God and they're hurting, and you know it's going to take Jesus to change their life. Maybe you need to add them to your prayers Not just asking Jesus to take away the hurt that you're experiencing Maybe you need to add that person to your prayers And pray big Pray prayers where groups of people might be changed Pray prayers where this church will never be different Pray prayers where the churches in our region will never be the same. Pray prayers that will impact our cities around Stuttgart. Pray prayers that could even ultimately impact our country. If God answered the prayers that you prayed last week, all of them, if he answered every prayer that you prayed last week, how different would the world be? Or would it just simply be that your family is different or that you are different or that you are hurting less? Or have more. If you know someone. That needs Jesus. That only his love is ultimately going to change their life. Then we're asking you to pray. Because there's not one single person who has ever lived or who is living now. That was outside of the reach of God's love. That person may seem the furthest away from God of all the people you know. You may not even know their name. You may only know them by reputation. But that person may actually be the closest if you will just pray. And here's what we're going to ask you to pray. If we really believe that God can take the trash and the mess and the unfairness of life and the pain that we experience. And even though we are in that pain, God can still do something new inside of you and still do something good. If you really believe that. And you believe that when God does do that in you, even though you are in pain and you're hurting That the people around you take note. They notice. And if we really believe that Jesus said. I want to change these lives. I'm just ready for you to jump into the battle with me. Pray to me. Ask me to send people in. And guess who he's going to send? You. Then maybe our prayer. Needs to say this. God. Use me. Use my life. Use my words. God, even use my pain and ultimately one day, God, my joy to reach the people around me. To point them to you. Will you pray that with your church? God, Use me. Use my life. Use my words, my pain, and my joy to reach others. God, will you use me? Will you use my life and my words? Will you even use my pain and ultimately, God, one day my joy? to reach others and if you will pray that prayer with us as a church here's what i'm asking will you just simply pray that prayer will you mark that on the back of your connection card the letter a the letter a which says i'm going to pray for god to use me and to use stuttgart harvest church to see many more lives change we have seen hundreds and hundreds of lives change at stuttgart harvest church And now will you pray this prayer as hundreds one day become thousands of lives changed. Because we believe that even when life is difficult and even when life hurts, that God can still do something new and something good in you and through you and around you. And the people around you are taking note and they see then can we simply say, God, will you use me, my life, my words, my pain, ultimately my joy to reach the people around me and point them to you? And if you'll pray that with your church, would you circle the letter A on the back of your connection card? And here's what the letter B stands for. It says, I need to let God use my pain, my hurt, to plant Seeds of hope for other people. I wish I could tell you that God was going to take that hurt away. That he was going to take it out of your life. Remove it from you. I can't tell you that. Because that's not what the word says. But God has promised. That he will take what was meant to destroy you and to hurt you. And still in spite of that will do something good in you, in your life. Will you let him take that and plant a seed of hope for somebody else? Because if you will. You may see the kingdom of heaven filled one day. With people who are all around you every day will you pray that with your church and I believe if you will then you will see that very passage come true in your life that in all things no matter how bad, no matter how painful or hurtful, no matter how much it was meant by someone else to rip you apart, to tear your family apart, to destroy you or your reputation or your life, even in all of that mess, that your God will still be at work in you creating good. In you, through you, around you. Let's pray. Father, your holy inspired word promises us this. That in all things, God, in all things, you work personally. In our lives for good. For those who love you, God. For those who have been called according to your purpose. And God, that includes all of us. Many of us this morning are saying to you, even when life hurts. And even when life stinks, God. You can be up to good inside. And as others take note, God, will you use our lives, our words, our pain, and ultimately our joy to reach other people and point them to you? Because God, you work for good. Even if someone else meant it for evil, you work for good. God, we're going to do our best. When the evil one says, hey, come alongside of me. Jump on this long black train. Everybody else is riding. Life was unfair to you. Jump on board. It's unfair. You don't have to take it anymore. It's unfair. But God, we have victory in you. Even when our bodies are beaten and our emotions are bruised and we are torn from the very roots of our families, we can still have victory in you. And God, you told us we can take all things to you. We can bring them to you and lay them at your feet. And it is there at your feet that we will find the rest and the grace and the hope that we need for this life. And God, as we do that, may we remember to pray big prayers for the people around us. May we remember to ask you to use our lives, our words, our pain, and ultimately our joy to reach other people. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray and we trust. Amen.